words have never been spoken, Defenders. What is good? And welcome to episode 169 of Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth, excluding the greater Santa Clara County area tonight. You know my voice because you heard it all of episode 168. My apologies again. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert. And literally fresh, well, I mean, maybe not so fresh, off of a plane here into LAX and now recording in the heart of Screenland, beautiful downtown Culver City, California, I give you the goofy-eared railroad hat-clad Christian Philly Philemon, everybody. Maybe it's the lack of shaving, the lack of showers, not sure what it is. I'm back, folks. I'm back, and I'm tired. Oh, so tired. (laughs) Oh, so tired. It is like three in the morning, crazy-ass jet lag. But it's back. It's back by it. I guess I mean me. It's back. And and when he meant goofy ears, he wasn't talking about the size of my actual ears. He literally meant I'm wearing goofy ears. Yeah, I don't think your ears are very big. Okay, just well, they called me Dumbo when I was a kid, so I get a little self conscious. <laughs> that has nothing to do with your ears, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's not very nice. But yes, I am back here in Culver City, back in beautiful Los Angeles, California, which I can say now I can easily. Declare that best weather clearly here. That Florida humidity, they can keep it. Oh, so so Philly, you're back. You had a great time spending all the money at uh, the House of the Mouse down there in Orlando. You also, I think, went to Universal. Is that right? Too? I, I, I did. And um, if I can steal some words from a Bush song, uh, Everything Zen, the line where he says, Mickey Mouse is growing up a cow. No doubt. I, that mouse robbed me blind. <laughs> Left and right, bottles of water for four seventy five. I might as well have paid to use the toilet. Oh, it's wait, re- so you're at the bank. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there, that was out loud. <laughs> there, was a, there was a shirt that had the, the Mickey Mouse like horns or whatever. Not the horns, but like his ears. Yeah, I was going to say, those are ears. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, but it was funny. Like the shirt just said broke and the O was the Mickey, <laughs> the Mickey thing. It, it's so true. It, it's so true. So, Dis- Disney's so darn expensive. So, five straight days of five straight amusement parks with a family of 11 and then four kids going from the ages of two to 10. But man... Being Uncle Christian is pretty darn cool, yeah, I, I do Uncle say Philly so myself. Uncle Philly and Aunt Panda, are you kidding? Absolutely, you guys sound like mascots already, Uncle Philly and Aunt Panda. <laughs> but Philly, you come back. The drunks from California. And, and I say this in the most <laughs> lighthearted drunkle. possible sense, you're, you're homeless, sort of, kind of. Yeah, so it's funny how life uh, takes its twists and turns. When Panda and I bought our house in Burbank, we were in London. And we've had it on the market just because we've been testing things. Netflix and Amazon are moving into the neighborhood and got the idea when it started getting unsolicited calls and knocks on the door. Finally, we sold it. Of course, while I was about to hop onto the Avatar ride uh, at, <laughs> at, at Disney. So it was interesting, but it's a 30-day escrow, which is kind of cool, which means I'm going to get a check relatively soon, a very nice, big, fat check. But I have no clue where the heck I'm going to live, and I have no clue where Philomonster <laughs> Studios is going to be. So I hope you've got some space in your garage, because I might need to sneak into it. Yeah, look, anytime you need a place, I've got a couch. I don't know where you'll sleep, because I'll let Amanda use the couch. But uh, Schmitty, what about Schmitty. Schmitty's all about Schmitty. Schmitty will sleep wherever Schmitty wants. I've I've learned that already after knowing him for for several years now. 
Philly, I have unfortunate news to break to you. It happened while you were, I think while you were in the air, actually. Our New York Metropolitans can no longer make the 2021 version of the playoffs. Yeah, I've noticed that. But, you know, are you are you shocked at all? I, I am not. I mean, what we, we, we fell were off up the four games at the All-Star break. We had a 73% chance of making the playoffs. So what that looks like to the Mets are, so we have a 27% chance of blowing this, and we took full advantage of that 27% chance. Da, 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 da. Meet the mess. Ugh. Meet the mess. It's brutal, Step especially... right up and clean the mess. The week of that great documentary, the 30 for 30, Once Upon a Time in Queens, is the same week, or the same seven-day period at least, where our Metropolitans are eliminated... And Philly, the Dodgers dropped a big one today. They're just two back now with seven to play. Not great for the Dodgers, but Philly, very likely sleeping in a hotel bed somewhere in the greater Los Angeles area. That would be the abbreviation GLA, the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah, I, I know there's, there's another acronym for the this, GLA. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in Los Angeles right now, there, folks. There it is. He the the non bread eating subway touting greatest living American himself is in Los Angeles. He is set to take on the Los Angeles Ramley down at SoFi, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. I can't wait. I for the first time in my life am going to see the greatest living American live and in person. Yeah, he's excited. So I'll be there in attendance at SoFi. He'll be there in attendance at SoFi. <laughs> Uh, I'm wearing my Aaron Donald jersey because I want to see Aaron Donald beat the hell out of Tom Brady tomorrow. <laughs> so you'll be seeing me running around, and if we get a sack, I may just have to go run and find you and just go, yeah. Look, let's, I have nothing else creative to say. Let's be right real. Now. The man is older than you and I, Philly. He is 40, almost 45 years old, I believe. Really? All he 45? did. Yeah. All he did was a- throw five touchdowns in his last game. It's going to be fun. I actually think I think the Rams have a pretty good shot of of beating Tampa Bay in this one. Rams and I, look good, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun seeing Matthew Stafford against Tom Brady. To me, it's it's just an opportunity to see greatness live and in person. I've I've been lucky enough to say I can see I've seen Patrick Mahomes, and now I'll be able to say I've seen Tom Brady. So no, it'll be fun. It'll oh. it'll be fun. But we're not. Here to talk about that football. We, we're here to look, talk about we, another football. Uh, let's let's be honest. Let's we're trying really to avoid talking about this match for for as long as humanly possible. Before we do, Philly, let's get into a couple of staples of defenders of the bank this day in LAFC history, and then some news and notes. How ironic! And by the way, Alanis Morissette playing the Hollywood Bowl with garbage coming up soon. Ooh. So isn't it ironic? It's uh, like raining on your wedding day. Oh, that was fun. Look out. Uh, it's Lilith Fair all over again, happening right here in Culver City. <laughs> we are recording this Saturday, September 25th. It is just six minutes until Sunday, September 26th, oh, where... Shoot me. Uh, but the good part is, Philly, at the end of Sunday, you and I will also have our... Okay, hold on. Every now and then things happen while we're in the middle of recording. Philly just took off his Apple Watch and smelled the back of it for some reason. It smelled I, weird. I literally had to... St- you, you made my whole brain stop 
Did you really just smell the part of your Apple Watch that's been touching your skin for the last five days? Yeah, it smells weird. It reeks of sweat and oh, sunblock. I just threw up in my it's mouth. This interesting right now. cacophony of, of of stink. Oh, if you had cacophony, Here, smell this. no, thank you. If you had your cacophony, uh, if you had cacophony, I should say, on the uh, Defenders of the Bank bingo card, you please take mark a, off. You take away with this, you might end up in your cacophony. Good lord, see what he's doing there. He's got puns for days now. Well, I need to because I didn't get a chance to watch this game because the stupid stupid airplane didn't have uh, my any ability for me to stream this so like donald duck i'm riding into this one with no pants on <laughs> i don't know why that means you weren't able to watch the i think you just would prefer to ride into life with no pants on actually truth but uh look how ironic is it that's where this whole train wreck started when i started talking about this conversation how ironic is it philly that we are celebrating the two-year anniversary of lafc clinching the supporter shield <laughs> With one of our worst matches, I think, that we've played in quite some time. This day in LAFC history goes back to September 25th, 2019, where LAFC defeated Houston and Christian Ramirez at the bank, 3-1 en route to clinching our first supporters' shield. It was a penalty in the 23rd minute by Carlos Vela, a 70th-minute goal by Diego Rossi, and an 82nd-minute goal by Edward Atuesta. Three players who would not play at all in today's match against San Jose. Carlos Vela becoming the first player ever with 30 goals and 15 assists in an MLS season. And Christian Ramirez, of course, his return to the bank there with Houston. His first match since we traded him to Houston for a bag of soccer balls and a box of Mike and Ikes. He played the full 90 minutes and what was even better was him coming out after the match. He kind of wandered out of the tunnel, and I think Paul and a couple other people saw him as he came out and motioned for him to come over and celebrate the Supporters' Shield with the team because he had been on that team for most of the season. It was really cool to see Christian Ramirez come out and, and hang out with everybody. Philly, think back just two years ago. Carlos Vela scoring goals, Diego Rossi scoring goals, Edward Atuesta scoring goals. What was that like? I mean, it was great. I, I, I long for the days when Carlos Vela wasn't hanging out at the Grove while LAFC was playing games. Oh, uh, those those were good days yeesh. where Carlos Vela had an impact on the stat sheet, oh. where Carlos Vela would get excited. Uh, I, I miss those days, and I don't know if we'll ever have them again. I, I can't say for sure. But, hey, well, at least we have Edward Atuesta. Well, not in this game, but... I mean, he might be the only one of those three that we see in a black and gold jersey uh, next season. Look, you're 100% correct about that. I mean, he is under contract for next year, so we'll see what happens. And he likes it here. He does. Look, that was this NLC history. Let's get into some news and notes. And just when we thought the rosters had frozen, LAFC goes, psych, not quite. Miche Galina is black and gold. LAFC agrees to a loan with the Colorado Switchbacks to acquire Miche Galina, a midfielder forward just before the roster freeze we talked, well, I talked about last episode. Galina comes from Montverde Academy, Philly. Lots of LAFC connections at Montverde Academy, of course, Mohamed Traore and Mamadou Fall. And here's the fun part. Should LAFC decide to keep Galena after the loan expires, the switchbacks will receive the highest transfer fee in USL history, possibly even double the previous mark, according to a team release. Look, Galena is a former Philadelphia Union product. He played twice there in three years for the Union, 
while mostly featuring for Bethlehem Steel, Philadelphia's US- USL side, which I'm kind of bummed. They've now changed their name to Union 2. I kind of like Bethlehem Steel. It's a little city in, in Pennsylvania. Philly, we, we have a new midfielder forward type hybrid player with Montverde connections. And in case you're wondering what a switchback is, I am. according to Webster's Dictionary, a zigzag road trail or section of railroad tracks for climbing a steep hill. There's nothing that strikes fear in the heart of opposing uh, teams like a zigzag road trail or section of a railroad track for climbing a steeping hill. It's Colorado. They've got lots of hiking trails, some national park areas there. By the way, if you had Philly as the one to throw out cacophony and switchback definitions so far tonight, you would be the only one. Nicely done, Philly. Well, I try. Again, I, I don't have much content to talk about because you saw the game. <laughs> I saw I, I saw my, the back of my eyelids. I fell asleep throughout the entire course of the flight. Listen, you were doing a yeoman's work out there. And, oh, yeoman, that's another quality vocabulary. Yeah, hey, Why we not? yeoman. We're just if you're studying for your yeah. SATs, listen to this episode. There you go. My God, the only time that can ever be true. Philly, Omar Gaber switches teams. <laughs> Giggity. Uh, Omar Gaber has been loaned from one Egyptian Premier League side to another as Pyramids FC has loaned Gaber to one of their rivals, Tala El Gaish. The loan is a one-year loan, and it comes after making over 100 appearances for Pyramids FC across all competitions, and it's so that he can play in the Egyptian Super Cup, which is a real thing that I think Indiana Jones found twice. <laughs> that's, that's Raiders of the Egyptian Cup. Right? So, hey, congrats to Omar Gaber. Philly, look, we, we were actually... We're at uh, Party Birko, Nina and I were today, and we were we were talking with Kevin Frazier, who is another big LAFC fan. You might have seen him on Entertainment Tonight and several other things. Did not know this about Kevin Frazier. He says it is a problem in his house how much FIFA 22 will be played once that game comes out. His family, as he said, it is a psychotic addiction that they have to FIFA. Well, Philly, the newest FIFA is set to launch October 1st. Maybe with that house-closing money, you can get yourself a PS5, Philly. I'd still have to wait two weeks. Oh, that's true. All right, so October 15th, Philly's going to get a PS5. Complete with Kylian Mbappe oh, on I mean, the cover. What, I'm moving into your garage. I don't have a house yet. So technically, you're getting a PS5. I, hey, right, welcome to my logic, sir. Of course, with FIFA coming out, Philly, that means it's ratings time. And like every season, there are a few that are too low and a few that are too high. Oh, by the way, it's also the FIFA curse. Kylian Mbappe is probably going to get hurt today. Kylian, right, well, week he, he's not hurt week. yet, but yes. The, it, the FIFA cover. They've got the Madden curse, the FIFA curse. It, it, it's kind of a real thing. You're absolutely right. Carlos Vela is somewhat surprisingly the highest MLS rated player overall, highest rated MLS player overall at 83. And not only that, that's how much his drink cost at the Grove, right? That's, that's also Scarf's number, by the way. Uh, yeah, 83. yeah, because it was the year you were born. That's yes. right. That's all I got. Uh, and Philly, he's actually got some distance amongst him, between him and the next couple of players. You've got Nani and Gonzalo Iguain tied for <laughs> second at 81. Well, I mean, dude, he smokes in between halves, so of course they put him <laughs> below Carlos Vela. <laughs> right. And uh, three players earned a score of 80. Alejandro Pozuelo, Nico Lodiero, and Joseph Martinez. Five players in Major League Soccer with an 80 or above. I have a feeling, though, Philly, now they release patches to update things and, and to figure out the, the new players' scores and all that. I have a feeling Carlos Vela might drop a little bit from his 83. 
Philly, our second highest rated player is no longer on the team. That would be Diego Rossi with a score of 76. The man who got an assist today for Fenerbahce. That's right. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a second, actually. Followed closely by Edward Atuesta at 75. He does not rate amongst the 10 best midfielders in the game, surprisingly. And in fact, LAFC's only player in the top 10 at any position. Now look, they break it down in FIFA, right? There's like a, a defensive midfielder, a holding midfielder, an attacking midfielder, a left-brained, right-footed midfielder. They got all kinds of stuff that they break down positions at. But look, bottom line is, if you break it down between forward, midfield, and defender, the only player that we have in the top 10 in any position according to FIFA is Carlos Vela. Chicho Arango, Philly, 72, while three players earn 71, Sifu, Latif, and Muri. Other notable players, Chiki Palacios and Eddie Segura, each at 70. And B-Rod getting the giggity rating of 69, dudes. That's Fair. right. Kim Moon Hwan rating at a 66, which I felt might be a little low. Friend of the pod, Jordan Harvey, by the way, earning a 64, which shockingly is both not his age and is the same <laughs> score that Raheem Edwards gets. That, I need to funny. write into FIFA. Raheem Edwards is not a 64 if Jordan Harvey is a 64. If Jordan Harvey is a 64, Raheem Edwards... 13 and a half. While That's still being generous. <laughs> while starting keeper Tomas Romero earns every golfer's dream score of 59, and he's actually six points lower, Philly, than his backup, Pablo Cisniega, at 65. Unfortunately, LAFC's lowest-rated player, Christian Torres, at a 52, and the lowest-rated player, MLS-wise anyway, in FIFA 22, is surprisingly not goalkeeper Zach McMath, who I will still say is the worst Major League Soccer player I've ever seen actually get minutes. That honor goes to Nathan Dylan Saliba of the Foot Clan, Club de Foot Montreal at 47, followed right behind by Carson's Jalen Neal and Minnesota's Fred Emmings at 48. And of course, you can head over to MLSsoccer.com. That's Major League Soccer Soccer.com's FIFA 22 page for complete player rankings Philly are we gonna get the bank in this new FIFA game because if not I don't want to buy I actually don't know that's a great question if you guys could hit us up is the bank in FIFA 22 if it is I'll procure it if not right nope we've played now three full seasons on FIFA with no bank of California Stadium I agree Uh, a very special congratulations to LAFC Slammers U16 player Maribel Flores for being named the U16 girls player of the year Look, we've talked an awful lot about LAFC Slammers. We talked about them last episode where they were the number one ranked academy in the nation for September of 2021. Several Slammers were also named All-Americans. Of course, Muddy Bell for the U16s, Samantha Betosh and Shay Harvey for the U17s, and for the U18 and 19s, Simone Jackson. All of the LAFC Slammers, congratulations to our Slammers. Philly, you mentioned him. Let's talk about him right now. Diego Rossi, Diego Rossi's Fenerbahce update. Philly, he's looked fantastic in his first several matches. No, he has. It has continued run of form, and he's continued. I'm sorry, I can't speak today. Uh, 1904. Yeah, and he's his continued run of form has been fantastic. Fenerbahce won two to one today over Girensunspor. Girensunspor. <laughs> yeah, I, totally I had to practice that, that a whole bunch before. Girensunspor. There we go. There it is. He had the assist on the opening goal on a beautiful cross. And in the 33rd minute, Rossi did have a shot. That was 
Say it. Fenerbahce's next match is actually tomorrow, Sunday, September the 26th, against Hataya Spor. And they have a Europa League match on September 30th against Greek giant Olympiakos. Diego Rossi doing some good things. Did you get your uh, your Avis rental car jersey yet? I have not got my Avis rental car jersey yet. They've got the yellow and blue striped one that I saw him playing in today. Not not a big fan of the jersey, but I'll probably have to cop a kit for sure. But Look, it's got to say Rossi on it, otherwise it doesn't matter. That, you're absolutely right. It, it's going to say Rossi on it if I get one for sure. If you guys have watched the just watch the the eight or nine minute highlight reel videos of Fenerbahce's first three or four matches with Diego Rossi, he's looked really really good. You guys, he's looked good. So I'm happy for Diego Rossi. Quick Las Vegas lights update: Las Vegas <laughs> returned home. <laughs> Spoiler alert: they lost. Uh, yeah, they returned home to Cashman Field to take on the San Diego Loyal and former LAFC player Alejandro Guido. You know but, he came up to, to, to play on this one. Oh, for sure. The Ghost always plays well against LAFC now. Not content to keep their losing streak at single digits, the Lights took the lead in the 27th minute off a goal from Danny Trejo, only to give up the next three goals, including the early equalizer from the Ghost himself, Alejandro Guido. LAFC would lose 4-2 with the second coming from Cal Jennings, and that makes... Ten. Ah, ah, ah. Ten losses in a row for the Las Vegas Lights. <laughs> Cue in that Rob Schneider bit again. <laughs> oh, no. They, well, they've never been good, they've so they can suck again. Not this season, that's for sure. That's the end of our news and notes, so I guess we've stalled for long enough. Everybody, look, if you didn't watch the game, don't. That's that's all I can no, say. I don't plan on it. Uh, LAFC. I'm letting him do all the work on this one because I didn't watch the game. It's very true. LAFC travels up to PayPal Park. And unfortunately, didn't bring their shooting boots with them. We looked <laughs> Or the majority awful. of their team. We looked awful in this match, Philly. Look, we've talked about it over and over again. This is a decimated team, right? Carlos Vela not walking through that door anytime soon. Eduardo Tuesta limping, maybe, through that door, but not as part of the 18 tonight. Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez, Quadwo Poku, Eddie Segura, Tristan Blackman. Guys who we would have counted on for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes. Not there, Philly. No, completely decimated lineup. And you know, it's kind of crazy. Going through this lineup, we had three keepers today. Three keepers. We had one start and two on the bench. Meanwhile, back in Vegas, you look at the Las Vegas Lights roster and you got a bunch of LAFC players that were there. Cal Jennings scored a goal. Danny Trejo scored a goal. You got Christian Torres. Tony Leone was there. Uh, Traore was there. We are such a decimated team that we kept two keepers on the bench while we sent players to Vegas. That, to me, is kind of crazy. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not the technical director, and not for nothing, I don't know anything about anything. And if there's anything I know, the older I get, the more I realize I don't know anything. <laughs> so let's get into the lineup. Tomas Romero, Chiqui Palacio, Sebastian Ibiaga, Muri, Ball, Moon, Chris Estomo. Ah, didn't get nicely n- done. Thank you. Sifu, Janela, Moose, and Chicho. And then... <laughs> Rounding out the 18, two keepers. Yes, that's right, two keepers. Newly acquired, uh, Jamal Blackman. Pablo Cisniega back from that nose fracture. Jordan Harvey, Latif Blessing, who did not see any minutes tonight. And one would have to speculate, what did Latif do to piss Bob off? <laughs> that's He's not hurt. That could Something. be the only thing I could think of. Bryce Duke maybe could have started. Farfan, and then, of course, your favorite player with a, a, a your FIFA rating of 13.5. Yes. Raheem Edwards. 
Giants. Yes. LAFC, two keepers on the bench. We were totally ready to win this game today, right? <laughs> Look, I thought that maybe maybe there was a rule change. Maybe for COVID, you could sub in more than one keeper at a time. So that would be great. We can put out Jamal Blackman. He's 6'6". Six, six. What we would have needed is all three of them starting at the same time <sighs> in the same position. Can we do that? Is that that's, I don't think that's a thing. Look, Matias Almeida trots out a squad of 11 that did not include Jeremy Abobasi, who's Head still injury. dealing with that concussion. You're absolutely right. Uh, their goalkeeper sounds like a character from Gears of War, J.T. Marchinkowski. Or Monsters Incorporated. Right? Luchi Abekasis, Nathan Cardoso, Oswaldo Alanis, Marcos Lopez, Christian Espinoza, Judson, Jackson Ewell, Chofis. Okay. So this they call him Chofis. Funny. I had to ask, I had to ask the Google, why do they call Javier Eduardo Lopez Ramirez Chofis? Well, number one, he hates his first name, Javier, so he prefers to be called Eduardo. But on a soccer pitch, he's not Eduardo. He's not Lopez. He's Chofis. And the nickname, because he looked like a former teammate's girlfriend named Sofia. So he got the nickname Chofis. I don't get it, but I read it on several sites. So I'm going to assume it's true because he looked like a woman named Sophia. They call him Chofis. Eric Remedy and Benji Kakanovich round out the 11. In the 18, the old men, Shea Salinas and Chris Wondolowski, the young man, Cade Cowell. The only person that makes a mullet look cool these days. He, Dude, that kid is yoked. He was born in, what, 2003, 2004? My God. Uh, I have socks that are literally older than Cade Cowell, <laughs> but can't play Underwear soccer too. nearly as well. And Philly... Rounding out their 18 would be Tommy Thompson from where? Uh, Indiana University does produce some pretty decent soccer players. Wow, I couldn't even get a who who Hoosier from you on that I'm, one? I'm sure there, at this point there's a lot of people who are thinking, who who who, who cares? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're probably right. Oh, my goodness. Look, Sifu came out strong, brought his shooting boots. His shot, though, however, didn't bring his accurate shooting boots. He brought his wide right Shooting boots for all you Buffalo Bills fans out there. That's called a Scott Norwood. And Aww. in the third minute, I know, for, for both Bills fans that listen, thank you. Oh, my God. Speaking of Bills fans. I can't wait. They were, the Bills Mafia was all over Orlando. Everywhere I went, Bills Mafia people. Where the hell are these people coming from? I even saw the craziest thing. There was a, <laughs> we'll call him a rather round and portly gentleman. He was very happy. But Buffalo Sabres tattoo on his shoulder nice. along with a Bills hat. Nice. And boy, did he. He looked like he came from Buffalo. <laughs> Unfortunately for the Sabres, didn't they just uh, fail Jack Eichel's physicals? I don't know what they're doing up I mean, in Buffalo. The, 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 talk about a sorry state of uh, affairs yeah. for a franchise. Yeah, and also it's still in Buffalo. So uh, <laughs> third minute Philly, to say this was not the start we needed would be the understatement of the century. Look, I, I was at Party Beer Co. We're sitting there with Rich and Kevin Frazier and couple of other people there. Nina was there and a couple of Nina's friends or our friends, I should say, from the club. And as soon as... Sorry. That no. Was, <laughs> was that on geez, mic? That was, I, I really hope that was on mic. We're keeping it. Jesus, that was a lot of yawn. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this guy, I, I really thought I'd be able to like come in here and like I'd yawn once or twice and be like, you know what? You're, you're tired. I, nope. I, I got this. Nope. No, he's... he's he, Get on the I, mic. I sat down. He, he poured me a glass of scotch and I'm forcing to keep my, uh, my uh, eyelids We're open. almost done. Don't worry. <laughs> Look, in the third minute, when Ma when Mamadou Fall headed that ball right to Chofis, right to Chofis, by the way, we all stood up at the same time. What is he doing? We lost our minds, got really upset. And then, of course, when Benji Kakanovich put it past 
for the goal. We were we were inconsolable. One of those mistakes. Look, I love Mamadou Fall. The kid is 18 years old. He plays with such fire, such passion, such heart. You love to see it. But he's also 18 years old, Philly. And like you and I at 18 years old, when you make a mistake, sometimes it gets compounded. And unfortunately, this mistake got compounded. Yeah, but you got to give credit to Chofis because he did thread the needle to, to uh, Kikanovic on that pass. I mean, yes, the play was really jacked up at that point, but the defense could have gotten back. They could have like moved the uh, the ball out of the way of the line of Chofis trying to hit Kikanovic, but he hit it right on the money. And I mean, Tomas Romero was way off his line, broke his ankle. If I you know quote a Mighty Ducks reference, you know he deked him out of his own pads. And uh, yeah, that's how we, we start the game. Also down down by one. One, three minutes in, and Max and whoever else was uh, calling the game with them had made the comment like, oh, yeah, LAFC came with their hair on fire. They were, they were starting out red yep. hot. Yeah, red hot, but not. one nothing. three minutes in. Yeah. A kick to the groin, if I do say so I, myself. I, I want to say that was our friend Maurice Adu. Hey, was, uh, Mo Adu. Who had great shoes, by the way, on the, on the broadcast. Nicely done. How'd you see that? Uh, well, they, we were watching it at... Well, they showed him he was doing... Because, you know, they're not there in San Jose. They don't allow them to travel. They're (laughs) not? The miracle of television. Uh, Look, 23rd minute, we want Chicho to be the assassin, right? We we really want him to put the ball on frame whenever he can. And I really would have liked him to try and head that in. However, he heads it back to Sifu. His shot was blocked harmlessly away. (sighs) Look, let's be honest, guys. There were three or four more yellow cards in the half. And not much else. This was an awful first half of play. One nothing San Jose. Their only shot on goal goes to the back of the net. Does that surprise you? LAFC with, I believe, just seven shots on goal in the half, not peppering the way they used to. And this really wasn't a San Jose team that was bunkering. Even after they scored the goal, they weren't parking a bus or anything. And we hit halftime with... One of the most uninspired halves I've seen all season. Don't worry. There's one more coming. But what a frustrating match. Before the match, Philly, when Bob says every match is basically being treated as a playoff match from here on out, and you come out in your first 45 minutes, not only are flat, but you give up a boneheaded goal three minutes in, uh, Twitter was already ablaze with the hashtag Bob out. I mean, I, I, as I would imagine it to be, I mean, everybody's frustrated. I mean, this is a frustrating team to watch. Um, and it didn't get any better to start the second half. It did not. It actually got worse. No, another example of, well, if you uh, came late to the game, you missed the goal. And if you were kicking back at halftime, either in the toilet or in the fridge, not in the fridge, at the fridge, or at Party Birko or doing whatever, you, you you missed the second goal of the game. 47th minute, that's where the second goal came through. And Ch- Chofis again, being the, uh, I guess, the, the thorn in our sides. Yep. Uh, that that he has been. He gets his 11th goal of the season. You know, ball settles to Marco Lopez, who finds trophies. Trophies is wide open. There wasn't anybody around him. And just like that, two nothing, and that, and that and that's your scoring line. Yeah, trophies kills us. It's so frustrating because we had several opportunities. Kim Moon and I think it might have been Mario as well. Just head the ball out of bounds. Live to fight another day. Defend a set piece. We really didn't have to defend set pieces all that much. We didn't do 
terribly in that area tonight. I don't even know how many corner kicks. Philly, you're our stat guy. While I'm, you know, filling time and talking a little bit, would you mind finding out how many corner kicks San Jose had? I didn't even look. I was so frustrated at the stats. I was so frustrated at the game, not the stats. I mean, you should be frustrated at the stats, I, look, too. I, I was absolutely frustrated at the stats. I think we only had like 11 shots total for the match, which was awful for us. Um, how many corners no, did San Jose actually, have? Well, actually, you'd be quite surprised. In terms of corner kicks, as per what ESPN says, zero. For San Jose. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. I was going to say, I didn't think we had much at all in the way to do of set-piece defending. No. I don't think San Jose really pushed for any goals during the entire match. We gave them the first patch, pass. We gave them the ball the second time inside the box on a header. Terrible clearance by Murray and, and Moon. Oh, it was awful. Look. That whole, that whole, that whole sequence was dog duty. This, this game, at worst, at worst, should have ended nil-nil. At worst, San Jose was not trying for those two goals. They pounced on an opportunity. 55th minute, we got lucky. Should have had a third goal for San Jose. Eric Remedy banging one off the post. Poor defending inside the box. And look, here's my note in the 55th minute. I said, good Lord, LAFC looks uninspired tonight. Uninspired. In the 57th minute, Chicho with another great pass. Philly, he should have had... At least three assists in these last two games. This one goes to Danny Musovsky, who misses it wide right. Another Scott Norwood. Just put it across the goal. Make the keeper. Make a save. A great pass by Chicho. You think Cal would have scored that goal? I mean, look. Obviously, it's very tough to say. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Two games ago, though, we loved Danny Musovsky, right? Like, we Moose has been able to finish some of those chances. I'll say that the the bigger question, Philly, is coming into the season for game number twenty what six on the year. Did you think that we would have to be worried about whether it be Danny Musovsky or Cal Jennings finishing shots? I didn't think we'd be in the situation right? that we're in at all. I don't right? think anybody anticipated the situation I mean, that we're in. Jesus, what I don't think anybody would have anticipated either is just the same exact story, day in and day out on these losses, where we control possession, we have so many shots, so many on target, but we just don't have anybody that can score. We don't have a killer. We, we don't have that assassin. Chicho was out for a little bit. I sure, got to tip your hat off sure. from there. No, but he played very well in this match. He had a lot of great passes, absolutely, but. When you don't have players that are clinical at finishing, you're going to end up in these situations, and that's been the story of our season. Here's the we other can't score. Part. We're like freshmen in high school <laughs> trying to chat with seniors. We can't score. Oh, I, I was too nervous to even talk to seniors. Didn't you go to an all-boys school? I de- yeah, but I... I Jeez. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I'd have been afraid to talk to the seniors, too, if I was a freshman. I'm afraid of getting like, put into a locker first, room stuffed. Dude, one Wedgie. of the first seniors I ever met was a 6'9 volleyball player named Kurt Topple. And I looked at him. I went to a school where I had 34 kids in my graduating class. 32. 26 girls and 6 boys in my graduating class. It was unbelievable. I was the tallest kid in my graduating class at like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, and the first guy I meet as a freshman, the senior at Loyola High School, is Kurt Topple, this All-American volleyball player who's 6'9". And I looked up at him and I was like, if they're all like that, I am in the wrong fishbowl. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Philly. Getting into high school, yes. watching shows like 90210, did you ever think when you were in <laughs> eighth were grade, I don't look like any of these people. <laughs> high school is going to be rough for me. Yeah, because I didn't look 30. Yeah. <laughs> it was unreal. Well, at the time watching in the eighth grade, I didn't realize like they weren't using people of age i think the only I one that puberty I, failed me i relatively related to i'll say they didn't look super old was maybe dawson's creek that was 
And, and to, by the way, Katie Holmes, we know you listen to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Hi. Just want to say hi. That's it. <laughs> I just, just want to say She's hi. She's been at the bank. She has been at the yeah. bank. Yeah. Uh, also in the 58th minute, by the way, we, we brought on a line change, which helped the energy. Farfan, Raheem, Latif, and Bryce Duke. All coming in. Line change. Hockey style. Diego Palacios. Oh, out. Hockey reference Sebastian Nubiaga. Out. Kim Moon-Wan. Out. Moose. Out. We got four new players in. All right. Things are going to happen. Bryce Duke with a good shot. 69th minute Philly. We almost had our giggity goal. Oh, my goodness. Oh, but wait, it was Raheem Edwards. So, of course, we didn't almost have a goal. Poor, Off the crossbar, a great that was, pass. That was his, that was that his, was his moment, right? That, that was, that his, was his time to shine. He chipped the keeper. He did a great job. A great pass by Sifu. Clank. Off the crossbar. Look. Story of our season right there in that absolutely. Raheem Edwards shot. Absolutely. That is the story of our season to a T. A player who had an opportunity to shine. Eh, denied by the post. I, I do want to mention MVP one last thing season. before... We, we get out of here talking about this game. You got Chris Wondolowski, who is two months older than I am. He is 38 years old from Danville, California. He's substituted on at the same time in the 88th minute as Cade Cowell. And our table looked at each other and went, wait a minute. He could be his father. It's absolutely true. Creepy. There, actually, there's more years separating them than years that Cade Cowell has lived on this earth. Cade Cowell is 18. There are 20 years that separate the two. Jeez. It is insane to me. And I will say huh. this. <laughs> one's bringing back the mullet. The other one probably had a mullet right? in high school. Right? You, you can say what you want, but the fact that Chris Wondolowski still tucks his jersey in is adorable. I don't care what anybody wants to say. It's one way to look at it. Cade Cowell. Oh, my God. He's so good. We were awful. We were awful this match, Philly. We, we couldn't generate chances, and when we did, we didn't finish them. We looked uninspired defending. We played down to the level of our opponent, and when we made mistakes tonight, they capitalized. Awful. Yeah, no, it sucks. The season sucked, but, you know, if we're going to play that, that glass-half-full perspective again, mathematically, we, we're, we're not done. We, we still have an opportunity, and, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm joining the Bob Out crowd. Uh, I'm starting to, yeah. starting to feel it there, but to me, it's like, you know, he's hanging on by the thread of a thread. I would say if LAFC finds themselves in a position where they are mathematically out and there is a couple of games left, then, well, the powers that Ooh, be need uh-oh. to make the decision. To Hot make- take. I mean, like, at some point, look, I get it. We have a decimated roster. We have stars that seem to enjoy hanging out at the Grove. We have players that are battered and bruised. And, and we, we've run a bad run of form. We have had a bad run of form. We've been awful. We haven't had good players. I mean, you can't completely blame Bob for these things, but at the same time, you got to kind of completely blame Bob f- for these things <laughs> because it's, it's the same story. And I, I just don't get how we can have two keepers on the bench. Meanwhile, you know, Las Vegas lights, their season's done anyway. Couldn't a Calla Jennings and, and maybe a Danny Trejo or somebody else been at least on our bench? Did we really need to have two keepers limiting our, our, ourselves the way we've been limiting ourselves? I mean, it's not looking great. We're not dead in the water yet, but this is such. This is an uninspired team and an uninspired performance. And I don't think the return of Carlos Vela is going to necessarily do anything for us. I'd say the return of Edward Atuesta and Brian Rodriguez would probably have some impact on this. But where the hell do we go from here? All right, so I do want to ask the one question. I'm not sure Danny Trejo is even under contract with LAFC, although I would love to see him. I know we drafted him, but I don't think we ever signed him to a contract. Again, I'll bring up the same question I brought up earlier, though. The sad fact is, the state of the matter is, 
that we are wondering if Cal Jennings would be the piece. That we are are lamenting the fact that Danny Musovsky and Raheem Edwards can't finish. And this is a team going into the season with a front line of Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez, with players who can score goals from the outside like Jose Cifuentes and Edward Atsuesta with the offensive juggernaut that set records in 2019. And, oh, by the way, look at New England. They are on pace to not just break, but to shatter LAFC's 72 points in a season record right now in the Eastern Conference. So all those accolades that we did two years ago might be very shortly lived and remembered in the annals of giggity MLS lore. But that being said, I think the the bigger issue is all these injuries, right? We have our best defender. Eddie Segura, out for the season. We have one of the best midfielders in all of Major League Soccer who has missed time with injury, Edward Atuesta. We have, to me, we're leaning on 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids. We love the fact that Bryce Duke is playing well. We love the fact that Mamadou Fall is playing well. But these are, these are teenagers. We these need, are kids. We need grown adults. We, we do. We, we, need, we need some leadership out there. Dare I say we need a... I don't know. It'd be really great if we had a guy like Walker Zimmerman on the back line. Walker Zimmerman, by the way, who is sort of kind of in the low-key running for MVP this year because of what he's done in Nashville. Now, most likely it'll be Hani Mokhtar that gets Nashville's MVP votes. But I know they've won a couple of games this season, won nothing when Walker's also been the goal scorer. That player or a player of Walker Zimmerman's leadership caliber, and I know I'm, I keep harping on this, but Mark Anthony Kay was a leader. Lee Wynn was a leader. Stephen Bateshore was a leader. We've had several leaders come through this club that are no longer there. And if we paused the match tonight at any point, at any point, the 11 players who started, the four players who came on, if we paused the match at any point and you could see the full 22 view, all players on the field at the same time, you go ahead and find me the player who you would say, nope, that guy is our unquestioned leader. Not best player, not most talented, not most important, leader. Who wore the captain's armband, by the way? I Actually, it's funny to say that. I didn't even know. I didn't even look. I think it was Murillo. It hmm. wasn't on Cifuentes. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to go back and look. But... Again, we have a lot of players wearing the captain's armband that aren't being leaders. And I will say this, this issue isn't a Carlos Vela problem because I don't think Carlos Vela is our leader anymore. I think we need to find our leadership from somewhere else. I think we need to find our goals from Carlos Vela. I would love to have Vela come back, score a couple of goals for us, light the fire a little bit. Look, let's talk about standings for just one second, Philly. Because of Portland's massive, what is it, 6-1 win over RSL tonight? Quite the shebang-bang, yes. The news isn't all that bad. We remain in eighth place. Uh Three points. I mean, that's bad news enough, if you ask me. It is, but you know what? It's not the worst thing ever because we are still just three points back of RSL. And even though we lost 2-0... They lost 6-1, so we actually gained in the goal differential department. 
We yes. lost in the we lost in the goal department. Obviously, they're they're now up by four, forty two to thirty eight. But look, they have a one to zero goal differential ahead, uh, lead on us. So if we're gonna beat them, we got to score goals anyway, right? So if we can somehow score four more goals, Jesus, I'm saying that we didn't even score a goal tonight, right? Like this is the problem with me right now. First is the time op- since mid August. This, but since my dad's birthday, August fifteenth. Thanks for that birthday present, by the way, guys. It was against Atlanta, right? It was. Yeah. So I'm I'm talking about being optimistic about closing our goal differential battle, Philly, but we don't even score a damn goal tonight. This is my issue. You are glass half full, but you seem to be a little more realistic with some of your viewpoints. Apparently, I'm I'm still optimistic LAFC fan. I'm waiting for Brian Rodriguez to come back through that door and score another two goals. I'm waiting for Carlos Vela to come running through that door and score a couple of goals to finish out the season, and we, we ride on his back through to the MLS Cup playoffs. How delusional am I? Right now, that's a it's a realistic question. I mean, your your glass of scotch was a lot taller than mine, and it's empty. So, in terms of delusion, I would say you might have some. I, I'm not being negative. No, you're I, not. I, I'm just not. I'm being somewhat realistic in yes. the sense that this team is just this team is struggling to find its character and and its identity. We still have a shot at the playoffs, but again, it's it's that hope that kills you. But at the same time, it's that hope that brings you back. If this season was completely derailed, we wouldn't really be having any of these types of conversations. We would just, you know, make fun and poke fun at things and just wish for the better and just say what the uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Mets have said for years. <laughs> Wait till next year. Yeah. Um, but the fact is that they're, they're still alive, and that's crazy. And if you actually you talk about the goal differential, if you look throughout the Western Conference, there are only four teams that have a positive goal differential. The top three and then the seventh place team. Yep. I find that to be utterly ridiculous. And despite not being able to score a lot of goals throughout the course of the season, LAFC have actually kind of caught up on some of these teams. We have. Which is, which is again... I mean, we've scored more goals than Carson and have allowed fewer. I mean, haven't we scored, scored more goals than the Sounders? Yes, we yeah, have two we more goals two in the more. Sounders. So that's crazy. And they sitting. have given up 20 and we've given up 38. Well, therein lies obviously <laughs> your problem. I mean, we have, we, have bad, we have bad... I mean, we've got a lot of things that, that need to be goals. working on. But 20. I mean, you, you said it. We can't... The, the idea of bringing up these young players and making them better and selling them at a profit is great. But you got to do it with a veteran, with some veteran leadership. You said it. We, you know, we harped on all these goals that got scored, but we had a lot of veteran leadership that maybe they didn't score goals, but they were locker room leaders and leaders on the pitch, whether they came in off the bench or whether they were starters. We don't have that. You can't have an 18-year-old or expect an 18-year-old making 50, 60 grand first couple of games as a professional to take that mantle. Do you want it? Yeah, absolutely. But you can't pin your hopes and your dreams on said player. This yeah. isn't the Premier League or any or anything else. These guys are still finding their way into things, but you know, LAFC is a frustrating team. And the fact that so many people are so angry with the season is because we all know deep down that we're a lot better than this. If we were Toronto FC right now, or if we were Austin, we would have probably accepted our fates. But this should not be the case. Shout out to everybody, Al, by the way. And even, even with Carlos Vela, Brian Rodriguez, Edward Atuesta, things weren't that rosy throughout the course of the season Anyway, so even if they're back, it gives us a bit of confidence, but is it really going to change things? Not unless the mentality and the attitude changes. Not unless somebody comes up with some freaking balls and goes out there and and, and takes control of things. 
Bob obviously isn't. Is is his message coming across in the locker room? Are the players tired of hearing his ideas? I would imagine the players are probably tired of getting yelled at by Bob and by everybody else. I don't know, but that glass half full perspective, we still got a chance, even though it's getting slimmer and slimmer. We still got a chance. Look, I, I actually, our, our chances, yes. It, it's not great, obviously, being three points behind RSL with only eight games to play. The other thing I worry about, Philly, is looking right over our shoulder is no longer a good thing to do because we're no longer over our shoulder. We're now shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, Vancouver. With Vancouver San and San Jose. They're both on 33 points. San Jose joins us on 33. Vancouver joins us on 33 as they beat Dallas one nothing. And Vancouver, by the way, has a match in hand. Yep. Great. So look, all that being said, this was real, real, real bad. But it could have been a lot worse in the standings, you guys. We are still just three points back of seventh and only five points back of fifth. Three points back of seventh and five points back of fifth. And and the beauty and the beautiful thing about that is we don't have too much time to lick our wounds because we're right back at it on Wednesday That's against right. Portland. Home against Portland on September 29th. Round out five matches in four cities in 17 days. Philly, that must feel like the, the vacation you just had. My goodness. 17 days, five matches, four cities. Unreal, but you're absolutely right, Philly. Wednesday, we go to the bank to take on the pesky pine trees of Portland. The Portland Timbers from Soccer City, USA. Stop it. And look. They haven't lost in their last five games. They look good. Yeah. They look good. They beat us 2-1 just like six minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. We have to beat them. We have to get three points. If we don't get three points from this, guys, it's bad. Let's be real. It's bad. If we do get three points, though, now all of a sudden, they're in fourth, I think, at 40 points. If we get three points, we're only four points back at them if they're still sitting in fourth. The world is still our oyster, LAFC fans. And if you don't like oysters, there's still a lot left to play for, LAFC fans, LAFC supporters, the black and gold faithful, the millions. And millions. (laughs) So tired right now. Yeah. We got a lot to play for. We got a lot to talk about on episode 170. And even though we suck again, you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye.